Let's Podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Get your print assessment today. Find out where you can save money for your small to medium-sized business. That print assessment is free and the savings that come along with that, priceless. So again, check them out, copiers-plus.com. Have you started to use your Kyocera printer to print out the Warren Nolan team sheets so you can put them on the wall and have your own cosplay version of a selection committee? I can see you doing that. I could totally see you cosplaying that. It's been done Face before. Time, FaceTime with Bubba. Like, hey, Bubba, what do you think? You, what do you think? How do you, how do you think this is looking? No, you, you know what I need from Copiers Plus? What do you need? And we need to start doing positive vibes only. <laughs> the Josh Pastner weekly dose of sunshine yeah. on these ACC teams. I yeah, tried man. last night. You did. And what does it do for you? I thought about this last night, actually, as I'm watching Wake Forest cough up a lead and lose on the road again. They're now two and eight on the road where I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe there really is something to the fact that when we throw some love wakes way, they don't show us love back, Joe. Hunter Salas, this. What did Hunter Salas do last night? He, he did not play well. I thought of Sidney Lowe, hockey expert, Sidney Lowe, philosopher, Sidney Lowe, 83 champion. Your best players have to be your best players. Yeah, man. Man, that was... Even we had West Durham texting us in the middle of his game. I and know. I'm like, well, if if Marcus Burton could leave our my Deeks alone right now, that would be amazing. <laughs> what a disappointment. It is a disappointment, there, but there. also also predictable as well. There is because there's the, a hangover. There's always going to be a hangover. You know, we've uh, we've given love to Brett Strelo, who's with App State now, but he used to cover the ACC for the Fayetteville Observer, and he had this court this court storm tracker every time somebody had rushed the court for Duke. Right. But I'm pretty sure you had a yellow pad along with Brett. I think he also tracked this as well. What a team's record was after they beat Duke or North Carolina in a season defining game that helps push them into the NCAA tournament bubble. I know your yellow pad stat was mostly about NC state after they beat Carolina or Duke, but this also applies to teams like wake. No, there is a Carolina blue. There's a blue hangover, yes. Carolina Duke blue hangover. And I, I'm disappointed in in Wake because in the sense that when you win the game that they did, like I said, that was the, the court storm and the celebration and everything. That was their release. Yeah. That was like, oh, okay, we finally did it. We're going to make the NCAA tournament. And the basketball gods last night were like, eh. okay, you know, you know, you need to, you need to keep going. You need to keep playing. And I, I do think they are, they play at a higher skill level. I, do, I think they have a higher skill level, a higher ceiling skill-wise mm. than anyone else in the league. But then there's moments la- like last night where everybody was good. Everyone did their job, except Hunter Salas did not have the kind of game that they needed him to have. And not to pin everything on him, the end game execution for them, their last four offensive possessions, not after you know they're throwing up free throws and stuff like that. That's been a consistent problem for their, Wake Forest. Their end game execution was was really bad. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of moments where if you are a dog, if you are that guy, you are Hunter Salas, you go and you go, you get the ball. You say, get the hell out of my way. And I'm taking us over. Mm-hmm. And I, I just didn't see it. And that's disappointing. Uh, I, I I don't think as the ESPN graphic had uh, for um, uh, Pittsburgh, 
Pitt's bubbles burst with loss to no, <laughs> no. This is not a zero sum game. It's not okay. It, it really, can, isn't. can we stop with all of that? We'll talk to Patrick Stevens a little bit later on. Our resident bracketologist from the Washington Post. But the disappointment is not following up a performance like they had against Duke, where they play at a high level. Yeah. And that's not to denigrate Notre Dame. I've been trying to tell you all year that there's not a big difference between these teams in the league. Yes, Louisville is sketchy on the road. Yes, Notre Dame has had their issues on the road. But if you look through the resumes and you look through the teams who are going to make the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. Virginia comes to mind. You know, you're going to have some like Carolina comes to mind, losing to Georgia Tech down there. You're going to have some of these losses where you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, and to your point, Patrick can give us a little bit more information, and I do think the philosophy of Patrick will be true. That the prophecy they're going to send Wake to Dayton, because if you look at Wake's, if you look at Wake's team sheet, all right, I got it up on WarrenNolan.com right now. Their net is 27. Metrics wise, on the sorting tool, they look fine. You look at their resume. There's nothing on it that's necessarily bad, but there's also nothing on there that looks necessarily great if you judge it by what the committee supposedly looks at. Two and four against Q1, four and six against Q2, but they're undefeated against quad three and quad four. The the big eyebrow raiser for Wake at this point, what they needed last night to not make it the shiny object, was their road record. And they're right now they're two and eight. But I'll get back to something we've talked about with Patrick consistently. And again, we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth. There's nothing on that team sheet that's so glaringly bad that makes you go, oh, well, last night just makes makes it so that they're not in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, look, I want to be clear, though. Yeah. <laughs> there's two, there's two there's, conversations. There's two different things. You're right. right? Like what you're, you're qualified right. for and, and some of the reality. Sure. Okay. We went and we saw Steve Forbes the night before they played NC State. Mm-hmm. I said to the man, <laughs> I looked in his sockets <laughs> in his and I said, and I even said to you, we sat there at a table and I said, he has a monster and he knows it. Yeah. You, if you're a monster, you got to show it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this isn't about like what I, I think the road record is indicative of your problems in this tour and what your problems will be in this tournament because newsflash, they're not, while they're not road games, they're not games at home. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out a way to play away from where you're super comfortable. So that, but when I say about their skill level, when I say about what they can be, I posted this last night in my, my Josh Pastner positive vibes only rays of sunshine for the ACC. <laughs> their profile, their, their adjusted efficiency profile fits a national champion mm-hmm. with Efton Reed in the lineup. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with Ken Palm and, and, and how it can be a predictive measure, the national champion, like all but one of the UConn years, goes into the tournament with a profile that has a top 25 adjusted efficiency offense and a top 25 adjusted efficiency defense. Mm-hmm. There are teams who can get hot with one. You know, if you're if you're like crazy good at defense, you can get there. If you're crazy good at offense, you can get to the final four, but you don't win the title. Mm-hmm. You, it takes that balance. All of his, all of the champions in the Ken Palm era, which goes back to 02, uh, they they've hit a they fit a profile. Wake Forest actually fits that profile. Now I could I'm watching back. You said we do some air checks. I'm listening back, watching back, and I'm going okay. Wake's other parts now. Last night their other parts played well. They did. They have to match Salas. Last night it was Salas who couldn't match the other parts. So there is something there for Wake, and they showed it against Duke. But now you have to take that next step, and that's where the confidence, the continuation, 
you know, the mo- there's, I don't b- believe in momentum, but I do believe in confidence. Yeah, it stacks. And I think these end game situations are catching up to them. They're mm-hmm. in too big of a hurry. You know, uh, Boopy it almost cost Boop. them. It almost cost them against Duke over the weekend. Poopy Miller's an eighty-five percent free throw shooter. He misses the front end of a one-and-one in a must-have situation. Like these are the kind of things I think it all gets in their head. Yes, and that's where I worry about them I'm because I thought the Duke was the breakthrough in terms of hey, here's our release. Here we did it. We made it, Ma. Look at me, Ma. And no, unfortunately the for them. It's how do you handle it? How do you build off of it? Truth of the matter is, I have confidence in Steve Forbes that he can handle this because of the way those other players played. Do Maybe. you see what I'm saying? Maybe. And I still think they have more from, from Monsanto Maybe. Who, who's going through it. And this is, well, I'll, I'll wrap my thoughts on Wake by transitioning to North Carolina, how we've talked about North Carolina. Speaking of teams who fit the profile of a national champion. But what does North Carolina do with all the stress that Carolina fans find themselves in in end-of-game situations where they didn't close the half the way they wanted them to close the half or whatever it is. They didn't have the Dean Smith last five, first five. Right. Okay, yeah. got it. You know what North Carolina has consistently done? Find ways to win basketball Find games. Find ways to win Without basketball their games. Without yes, the basketball. That, to me, tells me more about where you are on this trajectory to being good in the ACC or good in the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately for Wake Forest under Steve Forbes, this has been a consistent issue. I love Steve Forbes. I think he's great for the ACC. This is a great squad, but they have to find ways to win games in different ways. And it almost cost him against Duke. It didn't. It certainly cost him against Notre Dame. Meanwhile, NC State, uh, down at Florida State, terrible atmosphere. <laughs> Nobody at that game last night for a 9 o'clock Tuesday tip uh, at the Tucker Center. State's defense continues to be very mid, as the kids would say. I think the effective field goal shooting for the game for Florida State was like 58% or 60%, something something wild. And it goes all the way back to the way that Kevin Keats talked about his team after the Syracuse loss. You can't come out and play like this if you know you're in the mix. Okay, well, you follow that up and you had a good game against Boston College. There's not a lot of opportunities for you left. Losing on the road does not help you. Losing on, on the road when you have a very difficult stretch of games to close it out also does not yeah. help you because you go to Chapel Hill next on Saturday, then you host Duke. Now, home at Duke has been beneficial to NC State if history is any indication, but then you got that tricky pit game to close yeah. things out. Uh, at the risk of being a dick, they, they actually have... <laughs> what has that ever stopped you, Joe? They actually have a lot of opportunities left. The question is, will they be able to take advantage of them? That's they literally have three Q1 games left. Right. Like right in a row. It's right in front of them. <laughs> I suspect what's going to happen is they lose to Carolina. Everybody and their mother is ready to run everybody and their mother out of the gym. They beat Duke here in Raleigh and everyone's happy. They go, they lose to Pitt, who is a very good team mm-hmm. playing good basketball and deserves to be in the NCAA tournament. Goes to Washington, wins their first game. Everybody's happy. And then they lose their second game. I, I could see the every other in, in Ken Palm. It's green for a win, orange for a loss. Last four games have been green, orange, green, orange. I could see that continuing to the end of this season. And then, you know, it's going to be decision time for Book Oregon, who, you know, as we've talked about it, he hasn't been overly active in a public sense with the basketball program. Yeah. And which way does he feel is the best direction to go for NC state? And it's a completely different dynamic than when it was in 2017 when, you know, Kevin was hired. So uh, I, I could see it either way. I could see his decision and thought process either way. I do think the conversations that he's having are different than the conversations that 
NC State fans are having. Housekeeping. Big thanks to Enovana for sponsoring housekeeping. Keep up with them at Enovana.com, E-N-O-V-A-N-A.com. If you've uh, heard me talking about Enovana this week, my theme has been communication. Communication is key. I like knowing what's going on. I also like having people remind me because I can't remember stuff. I got an email from Enovana. Hey, you have a cleaning next week. Ah, thank you for the reminder. They're on the way. They will text you to let you know, hey, we're on the way. Not a surprise. You hear the doorbell ring. You're like, oh, oh, that's right. Communication is great. In fact, last week, they had a little bit of a technical issue when they came by last time. I guess the texting thing wasn't necessarily working. So somebody literally called me. Hey, Dinovana, just letting you know they're on the way. That is service. Service, ladies and gentlemen. Customer service goes a long way. So, so check them out. E-N-O-V-A-N-A.com. Yeah. I, that didn't sound like Chip Patterson yesterday. What a wild, sprawling moments we had with chip yesterday that's uh, always a conversation with chip when he's it in studio. didn't sound like he was eager to do any novana jingle so i have one more thought <laughs> process i'm going to shout him out right now bud mm-hmm. our friend bud yeah he's listener, a musician. if you can come up with an novana jingle for us I, I will commission that so all right we'll make that work with merch or actual money it's negotiable. Yeah, we're it's negotiable. We're in a negotiating stage. Speaking <laughs> of merch, check out breakingtea.com slash OG. Again, that's breakingtea.com slash OG. You can find some Ovis and Jaleo merch. Uh, both you and Kelly have given me shit this week because my wardrobe really has whittled down to just show merch well, and breweries. It's, it's not brewery g- giving you a hard time. It was more of like, I just, I want to know if you do it on purpose. Like if you wake up, I don't feel like you're that type of person who's like, I'm going to wear Disney every day this week. No. I'm going to wear some random ass brewery every day of the week. And I say that because there's no chance of them ever giving us money. From Odin to Maryland? The one yesterday, I was like, does that even make sense? What, the Duke's Mail Bowl? No, the one yesterday was like Oast. Oh, oh, Edmonds Oast in Charleston. Oast. Like, are they Oats or are they Oast? (laughs) Are you a coast or are you Oast? Dumbass name. And I'm sitting here (laughs) rewatching the show going, where does he fucking come up with these shirts? So now I wanted to know if it's like an actual intentional no, pattern. No, it just happens to be how Or I, you're like, okay, it's not it's not like no, it's, it's how Disney I fold week. Them. These no. aren't my days of the week underpants. No, it's not that. It's okay. how I fold them. Okay. It's how I fold them and put them in the drawer. And it and just a, ha- apologies to the oats people. Or oats no, they make people. great beer. They yeah, make yeah. great beer down in Charleston. No, but the th- if you wanted a theme is that this year of Junior Kane's travel hockey, it has been, let me just go hit oh, the brewery. When you stop and then you get a shirt. That's around the rink yeah. or whatever. And I'm going to just go get a brewery shirt while I'm there. And as I've told the kids, when I die, this empire of dirt is all yours. These shirts, all these vinyls. <laughs> Joe, you get all the tchotchkes. Yeah, I, I want the clock. So breakingt.com slash OG. Oh, another quick note too, when it comes to the podcast, we've been getting a couple emails about, hey, what's the thing that can help the podcast? What's the best app to listen to? It doesn't matter. Whatever app is most convenient for you. Oh, I thought you were going to say this is the part where you tell them to give us money. Mm, no. Yes. Not, you well, there's, tell them there's that. that there's always we, a correlation. Right. We, I know that, but there's something that we've got cooking for the summer that will help facilitate that oh. in terms of giving us money. In the interim. In the interim, you can use the donation button at yeah. Red Circle. But the app does not matter. The app does not, you know, you have to download it and kind of listen to what we need. 45 seconds or something. Uh, 30 seconds. 30. Um, I mean, obviously more, but. (laughs) And you know what? Even if you're not, can't complete the podcast, just, just leave it playing (laughs) because, (laughs) because the listen through rate goes up. If you just leave it playing, I don't care if you don't, if you don't want to listen to Hey Joe, just let it play out, man. Just let it play out. No, I'm kidding. So uh, it doesn't really matter which app you listen to because it all counts. It's all aggregate in the grand scheme of things. 
And the thing that does help, though, is when you rate the podcast. Okay. Give it five. This is why I say five stars only, positive vibes only. If you give it five stars, you leave a review. It helps with the discovery of the podcast on Spotify and Apple and everything else. So please. Watching on YouTube helps, too. We do get paid for minutes played or hours played? It's uh, hours. Hours. It's hours played. So again, that's all ways that you can help. Um, You can also frequent our sponsors. You can buy a house or sell your house with Hometown Realty. Check them out. MyHTR.com. New construction is the key, Joe. New construction. So much of it around me on my way into downtown from Garner. It's amazing. And I think to myself, if I was moving into this area, what would I do to try to get in here? I would go to Hometown Realty. I would go to myhtr.com. You can buy, sell, calculate. And if you happen to find yourself in some sort of traffic thing, like Joe does from time to time, hopefully Ooh. I will not when we go to DC. If you do, though, if I do, Whitaker and Hammer, check them out online, wh.lawyer. It's not just that. Let's say you're buying a house, closing a house, refinancing, they can handle that. Attorneys and counselors at law. Shit, be happy. Whoa, wait. I'm using, why, why did I hit that one? You want I like to, that one. Shit, be happy we won. Yeah, shit, just be happy we downloaded your podcast, Ovias. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Hotline is our resident bracketologist from the Washington Post. He is Patrick Stevens. Patrick, what's up? Hey, fellas. And by the way, it's not going to be if you run into traffic in D.C. It's going to be when you run into traffic in D.C. It doesn't matter. It's funny. When Kelly was uh, summering at a practice in D.C. way back in the day, I remember I got on the road at night thinking, there will be no traffic. Wrong. Rookie rookie mistake. It does not matter what time of the day that you leave. Uh, It's always surge pricing on 995 when it comes to traffic. All right, before we get started, what's our bobblehead of the day, Patrick? Bobblehead of the day in honor of Duke, Virginia this weekend. I see Joe Gillio kind of wondering where I'm going with this. (laughs) He's going to like this. He's killing. Oh, geez. (laughs) Does it happen? Duke is Duke. They're so on Duke the, Duke. He doesn't talk, unfortunately. But now here, did it just call a timeout? It, you know, <laughs> I, I thought that was the appropriate way for them to have. Uh, not just that, but like, we're what are we about fifty seconds into this conversation? That's about the right time for a, for a timeout back in the day. That is such a spare. You know, and these are reminders that there's probably a chunk of our audience young enough going, "Who the hell is Pete Gillen?" And I don't get these references to timeouts or the uh, Jim Rome clip that he would play all the time. They're on TV more than Leva Tabiva reruns. Speaking of reruns, we saw it again, Patrick, where a team beats Duke or they beat Carolina and they follow that up with a loss. Uh, I, I understand that we live in an age where every win and a loss is a referendum on your team and whether they make the NCAA tournament. I mean, it doesn't. I just kind of shoulder shrug with the loss to Notre Dame for Wake Forest when it comes to their overall resume. I know Steve Forbes said on Saturday after they beat Duke, they still have work to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a fair way of looking at it. But I don't know. Last night's, yeah, they're two and eight on the road. But so far, I'm just kind of like, eh. I think your prophecy of them going to Dayton will ultimately come true. Well, I, I, I'm certainly going to come closer to doubling down on that right now. So <laughs> if you if you are if you're a team like Wake Forest and you had no bad losses and really no high-end wins, you would rather have gotten the combination of results in the last four or five days that you got 
than to have lost to Duke and to have beaten Notre Dame. And by the way, in another one of those bits of net magic, Wake's loss to Notre Dame dragged Notre Dame into quad two territory when you play them in South Bend. So at that point, it's not even a bad loss. No, it's not. It's helping. It's 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 just one extra game. So it 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 wouldn't necessarily be that way for everybody in terms of would you rather have that win or loss? Like, like right now, if you were Texas A&M, for example, and you were six and six in quad one games, but you had like four quad three losses, you'd probably rather just handle the business you're supposed to handle and the other game doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. But because it, essentially what we're talking about when these last few teams in particular are being looked at is you know what differentiates you for better or for worse? What makes you look different than the other teams you're being compared to? And so, you know, if you're Wake Forest, you now don't have that. Well, they haven't beaten a quad one opponent. So I think in general for the last few days, uh, Wake's better off than it was a week ago. All right. Patrick Stevens joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Patrick, you're in D.C. You might not know this, but you could sell your car to the Heaster Auto Group. I did not know this. I recently did. Made me some extra money. So keep that in mind if you're listening to this podcast. Now, your uh, bracketology that you do for the Washington Post is a snapshot of what's happening right now. So how many teams, if the tournament started on February 28th, how many teams from the ACC would be in the NCAA tournament? Uh, I'll, I'll Having not done it since the Wake game last night, uh, I'll assume that they probably still would just be right at the edge of the field. Five. Five. Um, North Carolina as a one seed. Duke as a three. Clemson as a five. Virginia as a ten. And Wake as a play-in participant. Okay. How close are we, though, getting to the Gilio prophecy of six? How close? <laughs> a lot closer than I probably thought it was going to be a few weeks ago. I think I had Pitt going into last night as like the third team outside the field. Mm-hmm. So they're in kind of a group with Gonzaga and Colorado and a, and a few others like that. So, you know, Pitt has, Pitt has done good work on the road. And when we were talking about things that differentiate you, well, winning at Virginia, winning at Duke, those are things that differentiate Pitt relative to some other teams that are at the edge of the field. I just think there's probably a little bit too much minus at this point, but they have a definite chance to play their way. I think the tournament in DC, I mean, I was trying to do my Josh Passner sunshine last night. I think it's going to be really good. I think the tournament is going to be good. should be fun. Like Syracuse. We don't talk about Syracuse. Why, 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 would, why we? would we? Right. Why would we? But that guy's doing a great job. But Autry is doing yeah. a good job. Mm-hmm. The other guy was such an asshole that you would in normal, in real life, you would go, Oh, wow. People love this guy. Well, you're not appreciating the Jim Beheim rehabilitation tour on no, ESPN? No. <laughs> he was such an asshole that in normal life, we would be like, oh, look at this great job Adrian Autry's doing. But yeah. we, we, that poor guy can't even get that bounce. Yeah. And it, he has great guards. They have the kind of guards that win basketball games in March. Uh, Pitt, to me, is a tournament team because of what Patrick said about the road record. But also, one in five, they start in a league. I, I think let's we'll tie this into the bracketology. Patrick, I liked it when they used to have the last 10 games as a as a part of the criteria. I wish they would consider some of that too. How I a think team's it's more playing important. down a stretch, especially now in this age of college basketball where your roster turns over so much and you really don't know who the hell you are in that first month of the season, mm-hmm. but you seem to put so much weight on it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on the sense that we probably um, might want to think about based on that on the roster scenario there that teams take a bit longer to figure themselves out Mm -hmm. at this point. 
Um, and so, you know, I also agree with you that especially the second and third days of the ACC tournament are going to be pretty good. I don't, I don't know if we'll get a great semifinal and final, but you're going to have Syracuse probably playing for something. You know, they're on the periphery of that, and some of their metrics are actually better than you would think. Pitt playing for something, Wake playing for something, possibly Virginia playing for something. Um, so, and and not just an ACC title, which you know right. I think at this point, unfortunately, is not as valued as it was twenty years ago or mm-hmm. further back than that. It's nice to go win a tournament, but I don't think it's quite the same as what it was way back when. All right, Patrick. Before we get out of here, a non-ACC question. Ooh. We're gonna take the stairs to talk about App State basketball. Uh, from our guy Hogwood, hypothetical for your weekly Washington Post guest with the bobbleheads. <laughs> We've given you a new identity. We, we, you got a hook now, Patrick. <laughs> Mountaineers, <laughs> Mountaineers went out up until the uh, SBC championship and lose in a heartbreaker to JMU, who they've beaten twice, or Troy. Do they have any shot at an at-large? Well, first of all, I just want to say it's nice that I'm not Mr. Unanimous anymore in North Carolina. I'm the guy with the <laughs> wow, speaking, speaking of, of cuts. cuts today, jeez. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, I I don't I I don't think that uh, with those four quad three losses, the quad four loss to Northern Illinois, uh, it, it's it's an uphill uh, uphill climb for App State. But I would say this that. Um, the, I think the record for most loss, most wins for a team left outside the tournament is 28. There was a Coastal Carolina team that had that. So App State right now is what 24 and five. So you would be talking about a team that would be 28 and six if they won out and lost to JMU or Troy in the in the league title game. Um, what I would say is a root for that team to be JMU because that's probably going to help you. Uh, and B, keep rooting for Auburn to to keep doing what it's doing for the most part. But I, I don't know if the committee looks past those four quad three losses, another differentiating factor for sure. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I think that JMU might actually have a better chance at it because, like I said, 28 is that sort of number that that's existed in the past. And JMU would get to 30, say, if it won out and then lost to App State in the title game. And it has a win at Michigan State. I'm not saying Michigan State's not Michigan State's better than Auburn. I don't think Michigan State is, but that road victory might actually help JMU's at large chances a bit more than App State's with a home victory over Auburn. But I do like App State a lot, and and I would love to see an App State JMU uh, round three uh, in the Sun Belt final. The only thing I will add to this is never forget, and maybe we'll have Patrick come up with a chart for me next week. There's always a designated mid major in the first four. Yes, they can say otherwise, but they save one spot mm-hmm. every year mm-hmm. in the first four for a mid-major. Oh, and so if, if there's no other choices, maybe that's so App State. Can we find it in the budget to go to Dayton if App State and Wake Forest are there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I might join you for that. If yeah. it's gonna... <laughs> we'll do the show from Fricker's Chicken, baby. Let's go. Maybe maybe we'll go on a prospecting trip for Adam <laughs> up, at, uh, up in Dayton. All right, Patrick. We'll talk to you later and see you in Dayton. Thanks so much, fellas. Next topic, please. Mitch Northrum, NPR, USA Today. He's all over the place. He's got an amazing hat collection. 
He's joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline as we move away from men's college basketball in the tournament to women's college basketball. Mitch, what's up, man? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'll wear my Montgomery Biscuits hat next time. Love it. Next time, we're going to be talking about the women's ACC tournament as we get into the final stretch run here. Uh, I think the last time we chatted, NC State was running a little bit hot. Now NC State's running a little bit no, cold. No, no, no. They're just doing the Lord's work. They're trying to help. Oh, is that what it is? They're trying to help poor Duke and poor Carolina get back on the horse Westmore, and, and find their confidence. Westmore loves the ACC so, so much, much that he's dropped games to Duke and Carolina back to back. Is that is that right, Mitch? Yes, but not so much that uh, he is not sad at all about not having to play either of them twice next season. <laughs> you you have been you have been tweeting through that. I know we've talked about this, and it and it does stink for the product as the interest has risen and the and the quality of the women's game has gone along with it. That we're not going to see these home and homes next year because man, gotta play Stanford, gotta play SMU at Reynolds. Who says no? Yeah. Um, and I asked both Courtney and Wes about that. Um, and they were both, you know, kind of towed the company line and, you know, this is good for the ACC. And now everybody gets to play state and everybody gets to play Carolina and the league will be more balanced. But like me, as somebody who's just a women's basketball fan and who covers this league, I want to see the best teams play each other. So I would rather see UNC and state play twice a year than state play. SMU and UNC play Cal. Um, you know, Stanford coming into the league is great for women's basketball. I mean, sure. that's another juggernaut, uh, you know, historic program that's going to be great. Might win the ACC their first year in the league. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a bummer that, uh, you know, I mean, when you think about the atmosphere that both of these state Carolina games have brought, and even the Virginia Tech Carolina and state games, I mean, all four of those games incredible atmospheres in Chapel Hill, Raleigh and Blacksburg um, sold out all of them. All really good. Wow. I really uh, feel bad for the ACC Mitch, because man, they would never be, this has never happened before ever in the history of, of basketball. Like there's no way that they could get together, say in, I don't know, November and go to Greensboro, just for example, and, and bring four teams there and have them play I, I don't know it's it's just so hard for me to connect all these dots <laughs> I, i've never heard of that before that's like really what the intriguing could possibly be for yeah never mind never mind never, never mind. mind never mind all right so what's up with what is up with the wolf pack having dropped these two games um, they, they've been inconsistent lately. They had one of their worst defensive performances against Carolina. And I think one of their worst offensive performances against Duke, um, against UNC state allowed the Tar Heels to shoot 53.4% from three point land, which is the best state has allowed an opponent this season and the best Carolina has shot against anyone. Um, so they were just kind of asleep at the wheel on defense there in Chapel Hill and then against Duke, they kind of flipped the script and they played one of their worst offensive games of the season. So, yeah, um, and Duke's got a really good defense and they're going to make the tournament and they're a good team. But, you know, this is a state team that was really dominant coming into, you know, the middle of February. Um, and now they've kind of lost back to back. They need to sort of regain their footing. They got another tough game on Thursday. Um, you know, Syracuse has really risen to the top of the league this year. They got a point guard in DeAsia Fair who um, – Hasn't gotten like the shine that Caitlin Clark has, but she just passed Brittany Griner for fifth on the all-time scoring list. Um, so she's a bucket. 
Um, she's going to give State some problems. Um, but they really could could use another win to kind of regain their footing. Then they're going to play Wake Forest on Sunday, worst team in the league. Um, and hopefully they'll rebuild some momentum going into Greensboro. And then the Tar Heel women have went through a stretch that you're going, what the heck is going on? You know, excruciating ways to lose. They look like they've kind of bounced things back. Yeah, that game they played against State, I thought was probably their most complete game of the season. Um, it was really one of those games where kind of everybody got involved. Um, Deja Kelly was more of a distributor than a scorer, and she was kind of, you know, working her magic and getting everybody involved. Um, and, yeah, they shot great from three. So that was their third win in the row. Um, then they went up to Blacksburg. I went up to that game, too. College game day was there. It was lit. It was really awesome. Um, like 9,000 people before a women's basketball game singing in her Sandman was cool. That's That, that was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, but Carolina didn't show up for the first quarter. I think they got outscored 22 to five in the first frame. The rest of the game, they were really competitive. Um, and I think actually won every quarter from there, but you know, they just kind of got into a hole. So yeah, I think Carolina's kind of figured it out. Um, and you know, they, they should have a two and a week this week. Um, you know, their final game of the season is against Duke on Sunday at home. That's always a big one. I think like the state series this year, they'll flip the script and, and get the win at home. Mitch Northrum, NPR. We we appreciate the time as always. Uh, another check in. We got the tournament. What next week? We'll have to check in with you then. Yeah, it starts next Wednesday in Greensboro. Are they gonna eight or nine teams in the tournament? You think, Mitch? Yeah. NCAA. Like, is it is there a team that like is in danger of like a quick exit in the ACC tournament, or is it just kind of locked in eight or nine at this point? Um, I think. Eight is a lock. Um, I think Miami is kind of on the fringes um, as a bubble team. They could use a winner or two in Greensboro. Um, and then it's kind of all up to seeding at that point. Like, I think NC State would do well to, like, make the semis in Greensboro just to kind of make sure they got the hosting locked up. I think some projections have, have, have had them fall into a three seed. So just to kind of make sure there. If you're NC State, you're like, how do we avoid UConn? How do we avoid Iowa? How do we avoid South Carolina? These are, these are the things you're The best for. way for NC State to avoid UConn is to get sent to one of the Portland regionals. On the women's <laughs> side, we have two sites this year. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Everybody, no matter what UConn is seeded, they could be first, they could be fourth, seventh, whatever. They are going to get sent to Albany. And yeah, okay. there's nothing that will change that. Yeah. So yeah. if you're NC State, Sorry, but your best bet is to go to the West Coast. <laughs> hey, all right, Mitch. It beats playing on somebody's quasi home court. This is true. Where's Nina King? Let's get her on the podcast again. All right, Mitch, we appreciate it. Take it easy. Thanks. A lot of basketball talk today. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll, we'll do our SEO obligations to talk about football here in a second. But before we do that, let's talk about State Farm. Matt Davis, insuregarner.com, theoginsurance.com. Call them 919-779-8277. Or if you're watching on YouTube, hold your phone up to those QR codes and it'll take you directly to Matt Davis. That, folks, is customer service. That's a person here in the triangle. Save money. Who doesn't want to save money? Okay? So let's go 919-779-8277. Give Matt and his crew... In Garner, a call. I'm telling you, one conversation 
Our, one of our listeners, Troy, saved 40% home auto, different insurance options. So do yourself a favor, go save, save some money. Go to theoginsurance.com. Also, big thanks to Homefield. Speaking of saving money, you can save 15% off your order. Go to homefieldapparel.com. They're dropping new stuff all the time. They just did a Hendrix Motorsports collab. It's pretty freaking sweet, not going to lie. Um, but I have to save money in the budget for more comfortable, like Rob Lowe style NFL hat hoodies that just say Homefield on them. So that's what I'm going to do. But anyway, the home, the home field hoodies are absolutely fantastic and they got great designs for all your local favorite schools. So go check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. Now let's refresh the audience's memory, Joe. What did you call Drake May as we get ready for the draft talk? So back in October, I predicted and compared Drake May to Philip Rivers. I thought Josh Graham did that. Back in October, I pointed out that ultimately, I think Drake May is going to play in the NFL for a long time. Sure, yeah. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think ultimately, and he's also very popular with Carolina fans, obviously not for the same reasons as Philip Rivers. You know, Philip Rivers was here with Chuck Amato, mm-hmm. played for four years four straight years, set all kinds of records, uh, but ultimately didn't really, didn't win an ACC title, uh, didn't get them, you know, did they did win 11 games, which is a school record, but they didn't play in a major bowl. They lost in that Micron PC bowl that I, that, that uh, different team. That, that was a different team. That's right. That was <laughs> they 98. Won. They beat Minnesota in that, in right. the, whatever that they, was version of that they called it. That was 98. Uh, but you know, he was popular guy, super popular guy, revered yeah. legend. Philip Rivers is a legend. Drake May, for all of the same similar reasons, you know, but I obviously have the family connection to Carolina. I think he's a guy who's going to be revered for a long time. He is a legend. He will be a legend at Carolina. I think he'll play in the NFL for a long time. I think he could start like Phillip did for 15 years for a franchise. But ultimately, we're going to look back and go, well, why is Drake May so popular? Never, you know, they did win a division, but that's because the divisions were horseshit. And he his teams ultimately underachieved at Carolina. Mm-hmm. So my those were my similarities. They're similar in build. Obviously, Philip has the wonky had the wonky release. Um, Which but, the best thing that ever happened to Philip Rivers is that nobody messed with right. the wonky release. All time great stories with Norm Chow. Right. Um, so you know, I think I think there's there's some similarities. There. What if I told you? That Philip Rivers and Drake May now understand that they are the Spider Man pointing meme. For NC State and North Carolina. What if I told you Drake May went on with Adam Schefter this week and talked about who he's working with in preparation for the NFL draft? Now, you're down in Mobile, Alabama. You say you're training. You're working with Bo Nix and others. One of the guys I know you've been working with is Philip Rivers. Yes, sir. Yeah, he lives right down here. Yeah. What have you learned from Philip Rivers? He's a great guy. Oh, God. He's one of the best. Um, you know, he's just, he's just like, you might as well just my brothers. You know, he's just a, you know, loves to compete. You know, he's out there with throwing, you know, you know, six step outs, like a 10 yard drill thrown in the net. And uh, so he retired for two, two, two or three years ago. And he, he still won the competition. So he's just a competitor. Um, and just <laughs> not like that. He's just one of the guys. He gets along with people so well and uh, knows the game. Um, he's a little bit in the digit system, you know, with, with San Diego. So just picking his brain on that. I know there's a little bit of different systems in the NFL. So just trying to just trying to be a sponge, asking questions, asking what it likes. I think the biggest thing about Phil was he stayed healthy for so long through his career, you know, such a long career. And I think he played 17 games for like 
I don't know, some crazy stat, 15 straight years or something. So uh, just speaking about how he stayed healthy. And, uh, you know, he's a big dude like me. So just trying to, you know, kind of find ways to, you know, relate to him. And, uh, you know, both ACC guys, I know he went to the wrong school in the ACC, but, uh, you know, some of that same stuff. So just, um, just trying to pick his brain, one of the great quarterbacks. There it is. You went to the wrongs. I was waiting for the NC State Carolina thing to come up. I had a couple of takeaways there. He's learning a bunch of things. And he has a bunch of questions for him. I do wonder if Drake May said, man, yeah, like how many kids now? 15? How? How's that possible? Nobody does that. that Your insurance yet. pay for all that? Can you feel the team yet? Soon. Basketball team? What are you doing here? Do. I thought that was a great clip. They can go five on five. Um, yeah, you can. My number one takeaway, first of all, yeah, like good for, first of all, good for Drake May. Like mm -hmm. you're trying to learn. You learn from people who did it. You learn from people who look like you in terms of like, hey, his body size, his type. Like how did he do it? I want to learn from him. Yeah. That's smart. Number one. My number, my real number one takeaway. Adam Schefter's making a gazillion dollars from ESPN. Yeah. Our setup is 8 million times better. <laughs> that is some, that is some hostage situation background for a guy at the worldwide leader. And I'm guessing he's broken that off and it's not under their umbrella. I think it's is he part trying of, to do I, one of those. No, I think it's under the Omaha productions things. I don't take me for word on okay. that, but there's a license. There's the, there's a licensing thing Listen, where, where Peyton's Omaha I'm, productions is doing. This I'm stuff. feeling bad about our tax situation and some of our financial <laughs> situations. And look at this production, sir. Look at this presentation, sir. You take that, Schefter. Schefter doesn't have. An you Amazon. can't even. You can't even Schefter, touch this swag. Schefter does not. Schefter is using. I don't know an old Chromebook camera. Yeah, I'm guessing. Was, I mean, it's something ridiculous. Amateur hour. I mean, I, and here what I was, on earth. Here I am thinking. You know, it might be time to upgrade these cameras because these Amazon specials, <laughs> these Razer Kyos. I don't know. I mean, they came out these, with a 4K version. Razer Kyos are like freaking Scorsese. Also, compared Ethan, to that, Ethan helping with the lighting also matters as well. Uh, that certainly helps out. Now, you know, the, my other takeaway with this with Drake May and Phillip Rivers is yet another example of how these guys do not feel it the same way fans do on a daily, daily, yeah. day, day to day basis. Yes, Drake May gave us the requisite. Oh, you know, he played for the other school, whatever. Do you think they really well, talked about wrong, that? But yeah, yeah, the wrong school. Do you think he really said that? Like, do you think Philip Rivers and Drake May? Maybe there's some shit talking that takes place, but in the grand scheme of things, man, these guys have one thing in common and one thing only: they want a ball. They play football. They're going to swap stories. And that's a cool story for Drake May. My only question about this before we move on. If Drake May succeeds in the NFL, unlike other North Carolina quarterbacks who, who did have tried. not seek out the, the tutelage of a, of a PAC pro, does that make Drake May an honorary PAC pro? Makes you think. Just saying. I mean, there's ties there. Because you remember, his dad played at Carter-Finley Stadium too. Just saying. Professionally. Professionally. Yes. Some of Luke May's great moments happened PNC. at PNC Arena. I mean, not all of them, but uh, so the point is, the point is, yeah, the Kentucky shot, whatever. Uh, I mean, but got it, got it. never, never forget, he broke Omer Yurt oh. Seven's ankles, Just broke his will. <laughs> so yes, I'm gonna declare it here. If Drake May successful, then I expect him on Sunday Night Football when they do the introductions and all that other stuff. Drake May, North Carolina, Pack Pro, Pack Pro. That's what I want to see. Um, Dave Canales, nor, uh, speaking of Carolinas, Dave Canales, Carolina Panthers head coach, was available to the media yesterday to talk about a variety of different things, contract situations, updates, X, Y, Z. But the one thing that I thought was interesting was the commitment to the bit from Canales about how they want to run their offense. 
And there was a quote that was floating around. I don't have the clip in front of me, but it's essentially, you're going to be shocked how stubborn I am in wanting to run the ball. Oh, isn't that a concept? Something that the Carolina Panthers didn't really do under Frank Reich. And then he was asked a question about Bryce Young and whether or not he needed to be, quote unquote, fixed. I thought his answer was interesting. Uh, no plan to fix Bryce Young. Um, I think for me, it's it's about building an offense that we can be uh, proud of, something that um, something that is uh, tough, something that is smart, that that um, takes care of the football. Number one, we got to create more explosives. And then and then, of course, we have to minimize damage with exotic pressures and things like that. So I think just elevating the whole group um, and and really asking Bryce to just do his part. So that's Dave Canales uh, at the NFL Combine media availability. You've got that smirk on your face. Well, it sometimes things are crystallized to me and we talk about different generations, mm -hmm. right? Dave Canales there could have been like, oh yeah, I'm sweeping in just like I did with Geno Smith, and Baker Mayfield, and this is how I did it, and this is how we're going to do it. He easily could have said all of those things. He, he did. There's there's an additional clip where he does talk about some of the things that happened in Seattle. I mean, he wasn't taking full credit, but he was naming sure. other guys. Here's our process. Here's what we want to do. Or he could have gone the other way. We just saw Rick Patino absolutely undress his roster. Mm -hmm. 70-year-old Rick Patino absolutely bad mouth and berate and obliterate his own roster at it, this is the old school right? right so he could have gone that way too but is that going to work no with 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 no background without the national championships without the crazy white suit is all of that going to work no no so what's he trying to do with Bryce Young he's trying to connect to him intellectually he's trying to say to him I don't need to fix you he doesn't need I fixing. need to put you in a position to be successful and uh, you know quite frankly that's the type of messaging that the Panthers do need now, Dan Morgan needs to get to work to help Dave Canales to, to make the pieces around yes. Bryce Young work. Uh, it starts up front. Uh, we talked a lot about that premium asset. You know, you might not think of it, but the 33rd pick in the draft actually is a premium asset for a lot of different reasons. So they need to do the best that they can do with that asset. They need to fix their offensive line. This is the NFL. When they say not for long, mm -hmm. that also means in the rebuilding process. The Panthers, while yes, a complete and utter disaster last year, I don't think they're as far away as many people think. So to that point, there is a, there's been a consistency from David Tepper and how they've gone about this rebuild in the front office and the coaching staff. And it's almost a, you broke it, you bought it when it comes to Bryce Young. Yeah. It's two separate conversations. Did they overpay to move up and get Bryce Young? Yes, that has been answered. We know this. That's no longer up for debate. But it's in the past. You have Bryce Young. Does Bryce Young need fixing? No, he does not. What he needs is a competent coaching staff that's going to build around him. That's always been the point. If you have him, then you have to make it work for him. And that comes down to how you structure the offensive line. It also comes down to how you structure who's around him. They clearly missed on those guys last year when they went through free agency and picked up assets that they thought would make him the point guard. And I'm I'm starting to, as much as Bryce Young's season was forgettable, I do think that the further we get away from it, hearing Dave Canales talk, seeing how they've retooled things, how much of a mistake it was to hire Frank Reich in the first place and how they structured the coaching staff. And it gets back to a, a report from Jonathan Jones midseason where there was too much noise in the room when people misconstrued JJ's reporting in simplifying things as though Bryce Young couldn't handle all this stuff as the S2 cognitive wonder boy. That's not what Jonathan was saying. 
And what we come to find out is, no, what they had to simplify was all the damn voices in the room having an opinion on Bryce Young. And you just got to let him cook. You know, you want to tie it back into the Russell Wilson stuff in Seattle, Geno Smith, all that kind of stuff in Seattle. There was that big movement to just let Russ cook, man. Just let him do his thing. I'm not saying that Bryce Young is on the level of Russell Wilson and that whole, like, he's going to scramble. Everything's chaotic. Everything's going to fall apart. Oh, my goodness, there's a touchdown. What I'm getting at is, at Alabama, you saw the ability. In Carolina, they stifled him and made it so that you really couldn't see that ability. It's up to Dave Canals and the coaching staff to make that work now. Look, first of all, he Bryce Young was in the had an alpha and an omega situation. Yes. At Alabama, he had every single situation. Everything was perfect. Right down to every, the coaching. Every effing game was a sunny day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I said this. I'm only bringing this up right now oh, to sure. remind everyone sure. that I told you this. Yeah. And at Carolina, it was, what can you do in scramble mode? What can you do when the lights aren't on? What can you do when it's not a sunny day? What can you do when you don't have an advantage? But here's where I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think he was ever allowed to do that. I think they, I, should, I, I, I really do think they gave him so much and it became such vanilla. Not, right. But it's not an indictment of him. Okay. Yeah. It is the circumstance that he was in. Got it. He went, if it's like a, it's like a, a test situation right like here we're going to put you in this group test where everything's perfect Mm -hmm. and every situation is great then we're going to put you in this situation where everything's shit and a disaster (laughs) and what happens when you do all of those things the reality is life is probably somewhere in the middle for bryce young just like it is for all of us it's not always going to be sunshine and roses and it's not always going to be shit right Mm -hmm. second part for the panthers is this they have to keep firing in the draft. And that re- that means you have to have the draft picks to keep firing. But I, all of these people with revisionist history when it comes to the Houston Texans, no one was talking about Nico Collins at the draft. No one was talking about Tank Dell at the draft. No. These are third-round picks who have gone and now helped C.J. Stroud tremendously. You have to keep firing. Just because you missed on Mingo doesn't mean you don't take receivers. In fact, I would trade that second pick. I would move down and I would take three receivers in this draft because at some point you're going to hit. One other clip. This is from our friend Jonathan Jones, who we're scheduled to talk to next week. He sat down with Canales and he had basically a quote about marrying the run to play action better and getting the ball out quicker to the top targets. It's all basic stuff that really we didn't see last year. David, we have time for one more question here. And that question would be, of the things that, let's forget about Bryce, who is unforgettable, but what really, truly, when you watched the tape, when you took this job, did you say, I can go in there and I can change that? I see the potential and let me get my hands on it. Yeah, so the first thing I would mention is the defense. We have so much carryover with Ajero being there, leading the defense, a few big pieces on that side of it that give us a chance to play the type of football that wins. Offensively, we have some great pieces, but it's about marrying the runs to the play actions and to the to the boot game that really wasn't a focus and an emphasis of what they were doing offensively. So mm-hmm. I think that's a simple starting point there. Um, and then just the timing and rhythm of the pass game. You know, let's get the ball out quicker. Let's get number one and number two open on a more consistent basis for the quarterback. We have to work harder as a staff. We have to really challenge ourselves to bunch, to stack, to motion, to get matchups so that we can have the first or second progressions available sooner so that the protection isn't as much a factor. You're laughing over there. 
chuckled. Yeah, punch stack motions. I mean, you got to you got to scheme it up. And uh, you know, preseason game last year, I thought they did some good stuff with some play action. He was more effective when you didn't you couldn't guess what the hell's going on. Right, right. I mean, this it's is all football one on one stuff. Yeah. And unfortunately for them, when you said that did they hire the wrong coach? I think Frank had an idea of what he thought the offense should be. And that's not what the, that didn't fit what the personnel was. What do I always say? Yeah. You got to coach the team that you have, it not the a, team that you want. It was abundantly clear. That was the case. And again, I'll, I'll finish my point by hammering the fact that there was confusion over even who was going to be the play caller because you had a head yeah. coach who was stubborn as hell and didn't want to give and it the, up. And the injuries up front with their offensive line. Sure. So, you know, you sure. got to fix that offensive line. They don't have great skill players, but it wouldn't surprise me if some of them in in a, in a in a better scheme don't turn out to help Bryce Young in year two. Big thanks to Longleaf Swine for sponsoring Obies and Gilio downtown Raleigh. Parking is super easy, and most importantly, be ready for our tournament extravaganza march 21st thursday one o'clock we're doing the live show one o'clock from Longleaf. hang out with us watch Gilio lose his mind trying to watch games and do a podcast at the same time and we'll find a way to get bourbon in your hands all right so i know a lot of people in the state of north carolina are looking forward to march 11th i am too but the real date is march 21st yes that's when we'll be at the Longleaf swan on the corner edenton person right by the federal post office Parking on Edenton. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always parking in Edenton. The Frito pie is your friend. The shorties are your friend. And the chicken pot pie is definitely your friend. I almost had that the other night because we had gone on Friday, but I ended up with the burger because I can't say no to the burger. I know. I love it when you don't listen to me, but I think once you ultimately do, you're going to give me my favorite word. Chilio was right. We're right about bundling and saving and getting great pest service. That comes from Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. I know when it comes to Mosquito Authority, if you prepay now, you save. So get ready for the season. Go to BugsBite.com. Get up with Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. Again, that's BugsBite.com. a low-key busy night in the world of sports last night. Carolina Hurricanes get the win over the Minnesota Wild. It wasn't exactly the prettiest game. Uh, a nice gritty goal early for Jordan Stahl. I know Trip Tracy does, made a big deal about the score. Any other variety? <laughs> I know, right? It's, that's really going to help with Jordan Stahl. Eric's in the building. They had dinner. You know, Trip was joking about how maybe he needs to go to Eric's for dinner all the time. But the things, it was a back and forth for the most part. Uh, Steph Nason ends up getting the game winner with about nine minutes to go in that game. Uh, Hannah Yates, Bally Sports, setting things up for Rod Brindamore. Rod, we just spoke with a couple of the players who said the mentality was just find a way to get two points, even if it's not the prettiest win. Yeah. What were your initial takeaways? Well, that's pretty much it. You know, it certainly wasn't a pretty game. Um, we started out really well, and then we got a penalty there in the, in the first period, and it kind of got them going. Um and then it was just a struggle, like it just to get our game going. But I give the guys credit. You know, we battled and found a way. Found a way, man. That's kind of the theme of the of the show today. You got to find ways to win. Um, after the weekend, where they dropped some games they wanted back, they didn't like the style of play. I'm guessing this is a building block for this uh, this road trip to get things going. That's the here nor there. The curiosity that I have is ticket prices. 
Ticket prices were trending yesterday for a variety of reasons. We talked about the Panthers. The Panthers have been terrible. The Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers have been terrible. Just to be clear. I know you're right. I have to make sure that I'm not. <laughs> we're hockey. I'm not an ESPN app putting the wrong logo next to the appropriate team, right? So the Carolina Panthers announced that they're raising ticket prices by X amount of percentage points based on where you sit, PSL, all this other stuff. And of course, people were reacting in such a way of going, excuse me, you're doing what now? Okay. Nobody's there for those games. Meanwhile, the Carolina Hurricanes also announced through their season ticket pricing that the price of the brick is going up. Now, it makes sense on one end because the Carolina Hurricanes have been good. Therefore, there has been a demand and supply thing going on, and you can raise those prices to watch this team uh, you know, be successful. I do think that the Carolina Hurricanes are sort of generating an interest in season tickets that isn't necessarily like they're limiting season tickets. They could probably sell more season tickets. They've tinkered with plans, but there's also a different space. They're in a different spot than they were 10, 15 years ago where you could pick the games you wanted to pick. You could have your college nights. They are in the business of making money and they're going to find ways to extract that money. Now you're going to have to make some decisions because we're seeing this happen in Winnipeg too. This is where the other ticket price story comes in, right? In Winnipeg, there's this bizarre... Winnipeg's still in Canada, right? Yes, yes. There's this weird crisis that it got to the point where Commissioner Gary Bettman had to address the issue because the owner of the Winnipeg Jets saying, hey, you know, if this doesn't turn around, we're going to have to have some serious conversations. In the bizarre plot twist, it's the Canadian team that suddenly finds itself in relocation rumors because there's not enough bodies in the building to go watch hockey. Bettman had to come out and say, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not like we're on a razor's edge here when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets and whether or not they're going to they're gonna last in this market. Um, of course, there's the ticket price. I've, I think there was a story in The Athletic about what a family of four has to pay to go to a game. Y'all, it's expensive. It's expensive. There's only... Wait a second. The Jets are in first place in their division and they're not selling... And they're not selling tickets. They're not selling. Dude... Could it be that it's too expensive? Yeah. Could it, could that be the case? But no, I mean, going to a game is very expensive. There's only one way to say this. And we're I kinda, mean, if you want to go by yourself, maybe, but yeah, maybe. even then. <laughs> Look, you can't get out of the building. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> well, without spending what? <laughs> if you went to a game by yourself. Yeah. If you spend, if you went to a game by yourself with free tickets and free parking. If it, you, if you got out of there with less than $50, I'd be shocked. Free tickets. So if I just went with my press pass and my parking pass. Yeah. But didn't sit up in the press box. Like right. I actually just wanted to sit in an mm-hmm. empty seat somewhere. If you went to a game, like if your friends were like, hey, let's go to the game. And you're like, okay, you do it that way. Your friends have a ticket for you. Mm-hmm. You have a, you have a parking pass. Sure. I meet them there. So you meet them there. And I'm sitting in the lower level. You're whatever. sitting in the lower level and you're like, no, if, especially if you're going with your friends, you, there's no way you spend less than a hundred dollars. Uh, Cause you're, you're going to buy everyone who, Gave you a ticket of beer. Oh, you're gonna well, get one different. round of beers. That's different. One round of beers is a hundred dollars. That's different. That's different. What is? It? No, if you're asking, if you're <laughs> asking, how much could you get out of there? I could literally get out of there without spending any money. If I got a free ticket, I'm just saying. Like, I don't have to have a beer at a game. I don't have to. Now, if I'm if I am gonna partake, I'd drink two beers. Two beers that'll cost me what 30, 40 bucks with tip. Is that where we're at? Forty five right bucks probably with tip. I mean, because the storm brews aren't seven. Storm brews aren't five beers, bucks You're anymore. probably gonna have a water. Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. 
here's my curiosity, and I'm not an economist, so I don't know the answer to this, but we're starting to see this play out in, you know, non-sports where people are pushing back on the raising, the greedflation, if you will, right? Yeah. Like um, McDonald's shouldn't cost what it costs. I, I went like to kind of a stuff. certain chicken restaurant the other day. It was fourteen dollars yeah. for my regular combo, and I was like, "Right, excuse me." And of course, you see the reports where they're screaming. You know, they're touting their record profits. What is? I think it was Wendy's that announced. It's getting roasted, but Wendy's announced the equivalent of surge pricing. Oh now, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing about if you that. don't come at lunch, <laughs> right? So you show up at two o'clock to get your baconator. You should be fine. You know what's funny about that? That's all poor messaging. Because what Wendy's is trying to do is what other places have done. They call them happy hours, all right? Surge pricing. People just do it in inverse. They look at the hours in which people don't necessarily hang out, and then they charge a lower amount of money for goods so that they get butts and seats. That's how, what do you think happy hour is, man? It's just to get people to drop by after work. Which I still don't think is legal in North Carolina. Uh, if you do it, you have to do it for the whole day. I is think that what to, it is? I think you have to do it for the whole day. Again, I, yeah. I'm not an expert on that, but in just kind of picking things up and doing the Vice podcast, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, you have to do it for the entire day. But the point remains, you can do variable pricing at these restaurants without any problem. By the way, variable pricing exists in sports. You know, the Carolina Hurricanes got kicking and screaming to get people to used to pay money. Never forget that people were trained to not pay to go to Canes games. Because yeah. why would you? They papered the town. When they weren't making the playoffs and they were trying to get butts and seats, the, the thought process was, all right, we get butts and seats, you'll buy more beer. You get butts and seats, maybe you're going to buy some merch, right. right? But they got around to variable pricing, meaning that a Tuesday night's game against Calgary is not going to be the same as a Saturday night game against the Rangers. And that's where the season ticket price thing comes into play, too. Where, yeah, you're going to get your season tickets and you, we want you to pay the full freight. But this business of you picking your games as you go along, ah, 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 ah. we're not doing that anymore because they're trying to squeeze and maximize as much profit as they can. And Well, there's interest. It, it was never more clear yes, uh, this to uh, anyone than on Saturday. We went to the state game in mm -hmm. the morning and there, there were actually more people there than I thought there would be. It's two o'clock on a Saturday, but, yeah. But there was probably half of the building there. Yeah. And then we go at night, place was full. Mm -hmm. Place was full for, I mean, Dallas is a good team. Good it, was, team. it was a Saturday night game, eight o'clock game. Place was full. What are we at? 50 straight sellouts or something like that? It was, I think, for the Carolina Hurricanes. If yeah, I, they're, if running, I read, they're if running, they're running hot right now. They're and running they can. hot. I don't get the, I get the, the thought. Oh, it's an investment. It is an investment. But I get, I don't get that thought with the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers. I don't get that thought. <sighs> we you have to probably put yourself back in the 20. 15, 16 mindset of Likely. when they're running hot. Mm -hmm. And the, what they're looking at is the NFL is running hot. Mm -hmm. So salary cap just so, up. So do they care? No. In terms of if the Panther fans are the ones buying the tickets? Because remember last year, how many times the place got taken over? Yeah. Like they don't care yeah. who's there. They just care that the tickets sold. So there's a little bit of a different dynamic there. Also, football games are destination games, mm -hmm. hockey games are interest like oh it's a tuesday it's a thursday i want to go to a game let's go to the game as a saturday you're a sunday game you're making a plan yes you're gonna go see the panthers play you're making a plan you're you're a bears fan you're like oh november 12th bears are in town we're going to that game so the panthers don't care the carolina panthers nfl doesn't care who well, buys the seats this, you say this all the time when it comes to care when it comes to nc state basketball tickets are sold yeah Tickets are sold to PSL, and that's a different one, right? Same with the PS, <laughs> same with the PSL with the Carolina Panthers. Like, right. those tickets are sold those at this sold. point. All this is to say, 
there does come a point, and I am curious about this when it comes to sports, at what point people do start making decisions the same way they've been making decisions on where to go eat. Mm -hmm. When they start making decisions on what they're going to buy at the store. Because when get, things get to a price point where you're just like, I'm just not paying this anymore. There's got to be a better option. There's got to be a better way to entertain myself with my discretionary income, right? I am curious when we get to that point. Because it's only getting more expensive to be a sports fan, not just in terms of ticket prices. I mean, we're just illustrating how expensive it is to, to go to a random hockey game on a Tuesday night, even with a free ticket. But it's coming for the streaming as well. This is why I'm fascinated by this sports Hulu that's about to, to arrive. That best estimate is going to be 50 bucks minimum. I don't know who this is for because I'm already paying for Hulu. I'm already paying for Bally Sports, right? Were you trying to watch the game last night, by the way? Potentially. On, on Bally? Was it, was it, did it kick us out? No, it kept giving me like some zip code error. Hmm. I was like, oh, maybe Joe's trying to watch the game. No, you're in a different I, zip code. No, I was watching. Um, I watched State and anyway, Wake last night. My, I don't have an answer for this. Is is ultimately my point. I don't know well, what no, the answer you're, is. You're, I'm you're just getting curious. There, I'm just curious at what's the inflection point where people, to the detriment of the sport, start saying, "I've had enough." Don't don't forget how the pandemic changed this dynamic. Yeah. Okay. When we couldn't go to games, one of the first things that we wanted to do was let's go to games. Yes. And I think there is a post-pandemic afterglow that the Hurricanes have enjoyed. It's, it co coincides with their ability to be a good team. I want to go do something. Now we're getting further away from being trapped in your house. Now you're getting further. Now you're getting closer to making decisions based on Ex what is economically best for me. And also, how do I want to invest my expendable income? Also experience too. Because look at concert prices, right? Concert prices are through the roof, but people mm -hmm. were happily paying where I would go, where, where I would look at a Panthers ticket and go, what the hell am I paying for? But I look at Taylor Swift tickets, or I look at a band that I really want to go see, or these festivals, like there's this Ocean's Calling Festival up in Ocean City, Maryland, that really is, as somebody put it on social media, the Coachella for Gen X, you know, and, and older generations. Um, I'm actually more willing to spend money on that than I am a sporting event because of the experience I'm getting in return. It's a spectacle to go to one of these stadium shows. It's a spectacle. At some point, you're going to look at, why am I dropping $800 as a family to go to a hockey game on a random Tuesday night? At some point, you have to make those decisions. Right. And I think the, I think the same was the NFL, especially as the NFL is a much better product on TV than it is in person. I mean, I don't know when the last time you went to an NFL game was. Two years ago. But it's much better in... It's much better on TV than it is in person. Yeah. And you're paying what exactly for this? Even in, on TV, this past year wasn't great. Eh, I think that had something to do with the product. But regardless, it's one of those curiosities that I see as the price continues to go up and more is being asked of fans when you look at how you're already strained enough in other places, decisions end up being made. And I am curious, what is the health of your sport going forward when you're pricing people out? This is where you and I will converge. You like to get on what time games start. All right. Your your favorite. Your fa your favorite thing. <laughs> this game shouldn't be on at 845. Think of the children. I literally slept for two hours before the state game last night. That's funny. That is funny. I don't blame you, man. I was struggling <laughs> last night watching that game. The real issue in turning away young fans when you're so obsessed with Gen Z, well, they care about sports. The only way to get them hooked is to have them come to games. Yeah, I used to think opposite, but the further I get away and I see it with my own kids, 
The only way to get them involved is to bring them to the experience because the experience is the thing. And when you keep pricing people out, there's less less inclination to go out there and experience that. Anyway, just random thoughts as I see ticket prices continue to go up for a variety of reasons. Speaking of prices, breeze through, keeping it good for you when it comes to gas, keeping it good for you when it comes to the coffee, beer, snacks, et cetera. So hit up, hit up breeze through locations across the triangle, right across from PNC arena as well. The dark roast coffee. Uh, I can't say it enough. It's just delicious. And big thanks to butcher's market for sponsoring Ovia's and Gilio. last night. Ovia's family secret charred jalapeno chicken breast. Mm. The fajitas were on point as always. When I said, when the kids came out of their gaming dungeon, they're like, oh, you're making fajitas today, aren't you? I'm like, yes, indeed. Delicious. Let's go. Very excited about that. So head on over to Butcher's Market locations across the Triangle. New location, Lake Boone Shopping Center. And of course, in Wilmington, we appreciate the Butcher's Market. Let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. You know the music. You, you know it's time to almost get out of here. While we do have some YouTube comments, we have some Twitter comments. I don't really want to get into that. <laughs> what I want to get into is apparently I was not excited enough for you, Joe, on your backdoor hole-in-one. Your greatest birdie of all time. I got a couple of tweets about this. I got a couple of uh, comments on YouTube. They're apparently like, what, are, are you just... You should be happy for Joe. And I was like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I went back and I listened to it. And I thought to myself, no, I'm just listening to Joe's story. He's so excited about this. I'm just going to get out of the way and let him tell his story. But then this morning you tell me, yeah, you could have got a little bit more yeah, excited I, about that seven iron. I think you're, <laughs> I mean, you use a what? You have a nine wood? I have a nine and I just acquired a 15. Yeah. So I, I would not expect you to be on the appreciation level of, Someone who just hit a seven a seven iron, a hundred and fifteen yards. Like that's the club is not made to go one hundred and fifteen okay. yards. So the shot itself was really was like golf social media porn. Like if we had somebody filming it, it would be like oh my god. But now to your, you'd be like Fat Perez, right? But to your point, like you didn't see the shot, so you didn't know how spectacular it really no. was. No. Um, and you don't really appreciate nuance when it comes to golf either. I didn't expect that. I thought your reaction was fine. Like I, I had both sides of it. Like I had Jackson being like, well, that's kind of like all the one. Then I, my initial reaction was, well, obviously it's not, but then like I was workshopping through it and I was like, well, I literally have never hit a ball off, you know, from a T set of T's into the hole before. So it will be memorable for me. Okay. Okay. But no, I, I, you're not the person I go to for for golf nuance. Okay, uh, yeah. thank you, thank you. I think people have been listening to this show enough, or they've heard us interact enough, that y'all should know. Y'all should know that when it comes to golf, it's just kind of like when I'm talking about some nerdy video game, and Joe yeah. just goes, "Uh huh." But cool. I, I would also like to point out, though, they had a match. One of the matches recently it was it was Rory and uh, yeah, Max Homa I, I, I and Nelly that. Porto. Um. They had a one club challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the one club challenge. I know you do. So I I was excited to see that. All right. And to end the show, how we started it and how this week has gone. And 
when we show love to Wake Forest, there's a group of people who just absolutely want to dunk on you oh, when yeah, they do yeah. the opposite. You know, here's uh, Davis on social media. Steve Forbes, LOL. You still feel he's coach of the year? <laughs> Dude, I was just making a joke, but you kind of proved my point. You proved my point from yesterday's show where it's like, hey, you know, Steve's doing a pretty good job. And maybe we should talk. What? LOL. Okay, cool. And uh, from Chris on social media, I mean, look, man, again, I think this stuff is funny. When I had said, hey, man, you know, Hunter Salas, could he make it possible? You know, maybe ACC co-players <laughs> of the year. He just puts his stat line with a big nope. Mm-mm. I got to care a lot of fans. Mm-mm. I got to care a lot of fans. Totally see where you're coming from on that. Maybe, maybe we're doing it on purpose to help the heels and my ticket. Maybe. Don't give away the game. Maybe. We will see you Thursday at the Sleek Fleet OG Live, 2 o'clock on YouTube. Podcast to follow. We'll see you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.